Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. So, Matthew, do you want to get us started or do I want to get us started on this episode? Uh, Who wants to get us started? Uh, So, I want to welcome everybody to Talking About the Big Stuff. This is our special annual Valentine's Day bash that we're streaming early because I'm traveling for business next week and we'll be separate from my Valentine's on Valentine's. And it's also episode number 69, which is, of course, the number of love. Um, So we are going to be talking about love. Not really. We're talking about sex. We're talking about sex, baby. So um, the kind you clean up with a mop and bucket. Like the last catacombs of Egypt, only God knows where we stuck it. No, I was talking about um, sex like you and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. I didn't know if you would know that song. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Every once in a while, I know something that's less than 30 years old. <laughs> not that, it's not that much less than 30 years I old know. anymore. That's why I was thinking I better not say 10. It's probably like 20, so I better go with 30. I think it was 99. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about sex. Um, I am, I have had married, it. I have had the sex. I say, I've been married nine and a half years. Uh, so I have been, uh, having sex for at least nine and a half years. Um, I remember my wedding night, like it was, you know, just yesterday. Really? Can you, can you I... picture it now? No, I don't picture it. Um, yeah, so no, I don't want to, even though this is about sex, um, I don't want to talk about, well, I mean, I'm not saying we can't talk about our own sex lives to some extent, but no, like, well, let's, uh, let's say, let's stay married. Let's not talk about our own sex lives. <laughs> yeah. We can just talk about our sex life together. No, uh, that's easy. Yeah. Um, no, I want to, I want to talk about sex in a slightly more mature. I, I actually think I was Euclidean, uh, yeah. Euclidean, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> no, um, I, I was, it was funny, I was driving home today thinking about the, the two episodes recording and all the things we wanted to talk about, and I was like, it'd be really funny if the sex episode is the episode that's the cleanest episode that we do for a while. I'll it like, will be. Yeah. Oh, anyway. your favorite kind of sex is coming up, too. What's my favorite your favorite thing in sex? Cat asshole! <laughs> <laughs> My gloves when you show your butt. <laughs> yep. So I just want to show my pussy on camera. <laughs> uh, anyway, funny. let's have a mature discussion about sex. Because sex, as my first bullet, bullet point says today, is a human need. For some humans. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, disagree. it's true. It, I don't want to, I don't want to like... I don't mean for a a set. I don't want to d. De- I don't want to, you know, I want to exclude asexual people from that. And um, but like, you know, for for a good majority or a good portion of people, sex is a, a need that um, if they reach physical maturity, pu- puberty, basically, they will feel some desire for that that is help the the desire itself isn't it is not an unusual thing for the majority of people to desire the sexes right 
but also there is like a lot of benefit and there's like a, you know they talk about how men have uh less chance of having prostate cancer if they are um regular ejaculating i'm gonna live um, forever <laughs> yeah um but that, seriously though like there it to say that there is a need i think is true to some extent for the average the average person so it's important that we discuss it or it's important that we that we understand it and i think that you know we we we've obviously with religion and society we've kind of really changed what sex is and should be and can be and um and so i'm not not say i think we need to destigmatize a lot of sex um i like it when you stigmatize no i mean it this uh, here's the thing so i think that some things that you destigmatize makes them less fun to do because sure. part of the fun of that is of some things is the forbidden and when it stops being forbidden it loses an edge it may not become not fun at all but like some of it is like the fact that it seems you are raised to think it's wrong in some cases is what makes it hot not just straight vanilla sex but just you know elements of it like spanking someone might be like oh this is considered you know risque that's why it's fun to do not because it's fun to lift your hand and lower it quickly um i am i kind of i get where you're coming from on that and i think that there's a there's validity to the idea of keeping a little bit of i'm torn on it because i don't think it's like everything I, i don't think that things should be considered you know wrong but at the same yeah. time it's kind of hot when it's considered wrong yeah yeah there's like the taboo element that we that we have whether it's you know on when you're underage and you want to drink or you know sex it's you know there is a taboo element that makes us desire it more and i think that there is obviously a benefit to to that in a personal level like oh like the the taboo makes it hotter or whatever but then there's also the serious damage that taboo has done over, you know, history as far as um, it, it has, you know, tabooing, you know, gay sex has co- caused all kinds of problems um, in, you know, in the world. Uh, tabooing, um, I had a thought and my brain just farted. Um, you know, like the, the, the idea of tabooing something is beneficial for it to be more erotic but it's not necessarily the best thing because we do have you know if you you have stigma that comes along with it and there's shame and there's guilt oh and and it also makes being predatory easier um i think that a lot of of predatory especially when you look at um you know something along the lines of pedophilia but it doesn't have to be that um if there's a predator the predatory nature of it can often whether it does or doesn't necessarily but like it it preys on shame and guilt and the taboo especially historically you've got oh you know don't tell this person you know don't tell anybody because they're going to think that you're bad that this happened and then that allows 
that secrecy and that shame and that guilt and that taboo kind of create a real hotbed for for you know terrible evil behavior yeah but being naughty is fun no but i, I no. agree that's what i'd say like it's hard like because it, it's kind of like if everything is totally acceptable and allowable then then you lose something but it's something that's probably worth losing right yeah i think that and, and i think that there you know we there's you know there's always going to be a good side and a bad side to everything and yeah but ultimately the taboo nature can still there there is still going to be some taboo taboo nature there like we're not if if we destigmatized all forms of consensual sex we're still most likely not going to be in a society where you can just go do it in the park or on the sidewalk or you know at a, you know it's not going to so there's going to be a place for it and that place for it makes makes there be other taboos so you know like oh it's it's 11 o'clock at night and me and my you know consensual aged partner um are gonna go into you know this park that we know is fairly secluded at night or we're gonna park the car somewhere and take those are would be where in that where are you parking the car mike i need to know where you're parking the car um i don't know i don't know i don't know i haven't i've I'm so against parked car sex that I haven't, uh, I don't have a spot. So, but my po- I'm not against it for myself. I'm not against it for everybody. But the point being, like, there are other ways in which we can enjoy the edge of a taboo without the likelihood of victimization. Right. I mean, I, I think it is worth giving up the naughty stuff as much as I will miss yeah. the naughty stuff. But it's the same kind of thing of, just even knowing what's supposed to be naughty so you can pretend. So like people who demean each other during sex, like, you know, calls people, their partner demeaning things that they don't mean. They're just saying it during sex. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I remember a comedian saying like, there are things that I'll let someone say to me when we're having sex that if they said to me on a date, I would, you know, get a restraining order. Yeah. And, and it's like, just be able to say those things. Like, even if you don't really think they're bad to pretend they are, because then it heightens it to, to use that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair point. I like it when I'm called a little bitch boy. Yeah, I was going to say, when I call you a little bitch boy, I didn't know you wanted to reveal that I call you that, but that's fine. Yeah. Yep. Um, Sorry, I'm referring to my notes again. What just happened? You have notes about calling being called bitch boy. One thing I want to talk about, too, uh, in addition to, and, and, and I think the this kind of plays into the idea of taboo too is is hang-ups and i think that like i think that hang-ups change a lot throughout our lives especially you know like i i kind of you know there's the old there's the old uh stereotype or joke of once a woman is married she never has to perform oral sex again um and so, like, there's a there's a hang up that you know, apparent based on that premise, I would say that the hang up has always been there, but she was willing to do it before, um, before the the marriage. Uh, but then on the opposite end, I think that it's more common for people to shed hang ups as they go on, especially, you know, 
you've been with your partner for a long time and you're like, hey, if you want to try that, I don't know. It sounds doesn't sound like amazing to me, but we'll try that. And and I think that hang ups kinda and, and sometimes when you find out that something that you're like, oh, when I was twenty years old, there's no fucking way I would have done this. And now I'm, you know, forty years old and I'll try it. And then there's, you know, a little bit of that taboo feeling. You think about, oh, I there's no a, way I would have put that in my mouth. I remember years. a line in a movie after a sexual act was being done in a comedy. It's like, you live long enough, you're going to do some weird shit. What movie? I don't remember exactly which movie it was. I just remember yeah. that. I feel like it was something that wasn't very good, but that one line stuck with me. Nice. What, what do you do you agree with my assessment of hangups um yeah i mean I, I i think what's interesting is to track where they come from and why we have different ones yeah i mean i'll i'll go i will say something personal as far as um you know as far as me this is not a me and this is me in general um i was a i i, I am to some extent a germaphobe um and i know i have to customize my cooking videos for you i know you do you have to wash your hands every i have to day. say that i washed my hands i can't just edit it out i have to say i'm gonna go wash my hands and be back so before i edit out the hand wash <laughs> but i'm as as a bit of a germaphobe it, it it has not really played but like i will say that that's where most of my hang-ups when i was young started and and I think that I've shed a lot of those and, and, you know, I'm still a germaphobe in many ways outside of sexuality. And so I think that like you kind of, you know, you learn and adjust and stuff from there, but I think, um, yeah. So I know it's I not exactly. I don't want to go into detail. <laughs> I, I know it's not exactly germaphobe, but you know, I used to work for a major pharma company and one of our medicines was for um, herpes. And I didn't work on the herpes medicine per se, but I was the I was an editor on promotion material, and I was the backup to the person who edited the herpes material. And when they were out on vacation, I had to work on their material, and I was working on, you know, at the same time a patient brochure that was photographs of what herpes looks like on different parts of the body for men and women, very graphic photographs. And then another piece of material was uh, something that talked about how. 25% of people or something like that who are infected with the herpes virus don't know they are. And so they don't take any precautions and not spreading it. And I was like, I will never cheat on my wife ever. Like this is the ultimate show these two things to someone at the same time and you will never cheat. <laughs> like you're monogamous. Nice. Yep. Yep. Honey, um, it's not because I love you. It's because disease scares me. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I think it's interesting because having grown up in a very secular Jewish household, both those things, sex taboos are not as big as, as in, well, as in definitely as in religious Christian households, but even, you know, just moderately Christian households. I think there's more hang ups about sex in generic mainstream Christianity than there is in American Judaism. Oh. Oh, for sure. But like, even like, you know, for us, even like premarital sex is not a big deal. It was never a time that I was sexually active that my parents didn't know I was sexually active. You know, there was the one of my favorite jokes was, and I hope my daughter's not watching the stream because she gets mad when I talk about my past. Um, 
there was this girl I was hooking up with at music festivals that we went to. But I, I was uh, when I went. When I was uh, 18 years old, I was with a girl who will say was legal in the state. We were now she was we were both 18. Uh, that we were hooking up at music festivals that we would go to that my family would go to, and my mother did not like her at all. And we're like leaving of music weekend where I had been basically in bed with this girl the entire weekend, and we get in the car and we're just leaving. And my mother says, "I'm not happy with you being with so and so. She's going to hurt you. And she's she's not good for you." And she's like going on and on and she spends like five minutes railing against this poor girl and then i say mom i'm not in love with her I'm just having sex with her but i may have been more graphic than that and she goes oh well that's okay then <laughs> nice so same experience you have with your mom right no so when you said you talk about christianity and we, and we did the episode about purity culture so i don't want to like rehash too much but i would say that like Catholicism in New England is purity culture light. Um, uh, we there is a purity culture aspect to being up there, but it's not the same as like uh, we do only side hugs when we're in courtship. Like there's none of that. Like uh, like you know the the what's the family from Arkansas the the Duggars. We're not like that. But we, but there is like a. I don't think they have any limits on sex. The Duggars, as it turns out, yeah, just on uh, consensual sex. They yeah. have a limit on that. Um, Fair, but uh, yeah. So we're you know we weren't like that. But I will say that there is like a you know strong like do not have sex before marriage uh, mentality pushed in a lot of you know the a lot of my life uh, growing up to the point where. Uh, when I, I would say we were about seven or eight days married, and I said to Sarah one day, I was like, I don't feel guilty or ashamed after sex. And she's like, what? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, we're married. And somehow, like, that went away. And, and the last time so that guilty. we had sex, it wasn't yeah. fun yeah. anymore. <laughs> no, now I feel just, uh, I feel I get my thrills other ways. Riding the Everest coaster at Animal Kingdom. That's how I do that. Um, no, but I remember thinking that, and I've been like, oh, that's really fucked up. Because, like, I had been with Sarah for four years almost. You know, like, we, like, there was no reason why that arbitrary line should fix the problem, but it had been so ingrained in me that it, that crossing that line did finally, like, oh, this doesn't feel. I don't feel the sense of dread afterwards that like I'm going to get in trouble or whatever. And keep in mind at that point, I was still semi-religious. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny because I talked to atheists about their coming out of religion stories. I'm like, I wish I knew what that was like. Cause I never really had, I mean, we had Judaism for fun in our house. It wasn't believed. And I feel the same way about sexual hangups. Like I wish I had sexual hangups when I was a kid. I don't know what it's like to have that because again, like it wasn't a taboo subject in the house, so I, I never grew up with uh, any taboo hangups about stuff. Like the limits so, are what my partner says the limits are. You know. Well, I'm going to ask you something, and I and you can you can answer as vaguely or as you can just not answer at all, depending on how how you feel about it. Um, without hangups. 
So I think hangups can often create fetishization or kinks. Do you so without hangups? Do you think that you you don't have to answer what you don't have to answer any like but but do, do you think that you without the taboo and without the hangups do you think you formed anything in those? Um, I think definition definitionally nothing that's a fetish. Okay. I, I th- we should probably define. I, I, I say for, for kinks, I think you need to define what you mean by fetish and kinks, really, to answer. But so, I don't think I have I have any interests that are outside of mainstream interests or obsessively over other interests that make them fall into a cate- either category. Yeah. So I saw a definition online in the, uh, in the last few days. I think we should use this definition, which was a kink is something that you consider out of the norm so not necessarily not necessarily like weird but like not missionary not pnv like just kind of something that's a little you know a little less vanilla yeah so whereas a fetish and i and i feel like i mean there's nothing that i like that is so out of the norm that you wouldn't go oh yeah well everybody wants to do that or you know would want to do that or have that and there's nothing that i need to have you know so to me part of that is that right. i can't get off unless you spank me you know like well you know, and that was and there's nothing that like that they, yeah that was but, how they defined the fetish yeah was any and anything that you need in order to feel satisfied basically i need a gentle breeze frankly that's all it takes <laughs> You have a gentle breeze feather. Uh. Uh, I was thinking of the Eddie Murphy in Forty Eight Hours. It's like I've, I've been in prison for ten years. I, I get a hard on if the wind blows hard. And that's not the exact quote, but it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Gentle breeze all takes. Yeah, um, yeah. As anyway, I just was curious because of the lack of hang-up yeah i don't i feel like i I don't have the flip side of a hang-up that it was a hang-up and now it's an obsession kind of thing i don't don't yeah yeah i don't think i have any fetishes um but i certainly have kinks um but that's about as far as i want to go into that (laughs) um yeah no i but i do think when i you know when i look at without getting into the detail when I look at my hangups and I look at my kinks, I feel there's a correlation to some extent between them. So Yeah, which goes back to what I said at the beginning, right? If there's not some taboo about sometimes the taboo around something makes it more enjoyable on the other end. Yeah. And maybe I can make it taboo yeah. for you. Matthew, I do not want you to do blah blah blah. Okay, I will not do blah, blah, blah. I don't know how often blah, blah, blah comes up, but fine. Yeah. going to be on a date with my wife one night. I'm like, honey. And she's like, if you say blah, 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 Mike is going to come after you. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm watching Arrested okay. Development. I can't talk about blah, blah, blah's law blog. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Um, so, like, Kind of talked about the difference between fetishization and <laughs> oh, I do think list. my sex list. No, I have yeah. Um, the I, I do think fetishization and kinks are worth talking about separately too. In the fact that, and more so fetishization, 
Um, I think fetishization can be problematic. In, in outside of having a fetish, there's also you know the concept of fetishization. We talk about this a lot with types. Um, as like a as a you know, I think that the 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 common thing that the thing that pops into my head when we talk about like problematic fetishization is you know Asian women or you know like a group of like there's this one is, Asian woman I'm really into. Yes, no, I'm aware. But my point being, like, honey, is... I'm talking about you. If you're watching, you're the Asian woman. I love honey. I love you. Yes. <laughs> and honey is vague enough that it could be any number of, of honeys. Seven. Uh, the number is seven. Yeah. But I, you know, you understand. What I'm saying, like, the, the, that one pops into mind a lot be, because I feel like it's a common thread, and it's and. So, like, you having an attraction to Asian women, or... And I think you've said before that it's it's more an attraction to non-white women, right? Or no, I mean, specifically I, Asian. I, I, I find things attractive about many women. I think one of the things is I don't... When I'm, what's not my favorite thing, necessarily, is the classic, um, you know, Shakespearean ideal porcelain skin, blonde hair sure. thing. So... Um, and since that's not my thing, women with darker skin tones are more just as more attractive skin tone to me. But it doesn't yeah. mean that I'm I haven't been with blonde women. I mean, when I was right. young, I, well, I mean, whoever was interested in me, I was interested in. Right. But but it's like, I, but it's not like I don't have an objectification of this type of person is an object that I am attracted to. It's just like right. you know, I like you right. know, if someone gets a nice tan, I like a dark tan better than I like. <laughs> pale skin yeah. where i can see blood vessels bursting underneath it that's just me yeah no no and and, and i think that's a, a fair way of of drawing the distinction you know we we need to like you know like i think most people have some form of a type and a type isn't a problem if it's kind of similar to the difference between a kink and a fetish anyway you know the idea of like a fetish is something you need and a kink is something that yeah it's like I, my type is uh, O negative. Like if, I don't actually know my blood type. Um, like if I were to pick, mine's O positive. Take, when you need some blood, I'm O positive. Take Sarah out of the equation. Um, is before I meet her, you ask me describe your ideal woman. It would be the comic book version of Mary Jane Watson, or or the or the cartoon version of the little mermaid redhead exactly. like like well, like it's a combination that doesn't exist like redhead with that is still pale skin without not you know creamy skin not freckles like it's none of the other attributes right. that generally genetically go with red hair it's like artificial right. red hair <laughs> want right. someone to dye but their like, hair red right but like that's that was what i would describe as my type i've literally never well like you just pointed out i've never that person doesn't exist but uh, but like the people that are closest to that in is my that, life, like is that Medusa I, on your shirt, by the way, oh, on the top of the D, over Daredevil. Can't see quite right. Small I think screen. it's Spider Woman, isn't it? I, mean, I can't. I can't see real well. Oh, okay, uh, I just want to see which redhead it is that's on your shirt. Yeah. Which is like the uh, most common thing. That the place where there's the highest concentration of um, attractive redheads is comic books. Like that. Yeah. Like like there's so many more redheads per capita in comic books than there are in real life. It's insane. Because right. it's a and it's a good color that it looks good on the page. Yeah, it looks good in real life too. I like I like the look of redheaded women a lot in real life as well. Like 
it's a different color color you know tip, typically a different complexion than the cartoon and comic book version of it but i like redheaded women that's but that i wouldn't say that's my like that that is the type that i if i were to like you know pick from a catalog that's what i would pick but i've never dated anybody that's a redhead um i sarah likes to joke that my type in women is big teeth um nice yeah she after several uh me pointing out like women in a commercials that were attractive she's like they all are like mousy i'm like they're not mousy and she's like well they all have big teeth and i'm like they just have prominent teeth i don't want like a little you know like little like baby teeth you've seen people with baby teeth and you're like mm. i don't know my or wife like, has baby teeth i haven't noticed so we're looking at my wife's mouth always as you know generations of vegetarianism she doesn't have big chompers to tear into meat I like carn carnivorous women. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just it's just it was not something that I even realized. It was something Sarah pointed out. But but yeah, so like I you know, and and I think when we talk about type, that is a different thing than fetishization. I think fetish fetishization also I think is sometimes like, oh, I find this look attractive and I want to Again, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go with Asian women here for a second because um, I think it's a common pr uh, problem we see is men want. I think not there's only do a, they want a woman. I think there's another creepier reason that so many men say they like Asian women. I think it's okay. because um, a lot, not all, but a lot of Asian women can look younger than their age, and it's a way to okay. like underage-looking women who aren't legally underage. And I say okay. that because being at a strip club one day when this um, Asian girl was asking if she could dance for me, and I was like, no, I just don't feel comfortable because she looked like she was 14 to me. And I was like, I just don't feel comfortable. I was like, if you can get that one over there to come over, that would be great. She looks beautiful. But so I feel like some people are the opposite of me. They're like, she looks young. That's why I'm into her as much. Well, I think like with the, there's the alpha male guy, but I don't think that that's a racial thing as much. Um, and I think that when you when you're a woman who wants an alpha male, it's you're having some other fetishization, you know, there. And um, I'm sure. Go ask was, Sarah. You know, why does she, why is she so into you? What's her fetish about alpha men that makes her want your uh, your toxic masculinity so much? I was about to say, oh, I've never. I was about to say, I've never been called, Matthew's never said anything nice like that about me on the podcast. And then I was like, oh, no, no, he, oh, he's being sarcastic. alpha male is, is insulting. Yeah, because I think <laughs> elf being alpha male is insulting, but you started calling me one and I was like, oh, okay, I'm an alpha male. <laughs> he called me an alpha male. Uh, no. Um, I mean, I look at you and I see Andrew Tate. I just don't say it. Yeah, I think I'm more like Andrew Taint. Uh <laughs> I've been wanting to make that joke forever. <laughs> I'm so happy I could be here to set you up unintentionally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One day someone's going to say, I'm like Andrew Tate, and I can say this. <laughs> it's going to happen. Have you, have you guys, speaking of alpha male stuff, but have you guys seen um, the the picture of Andrew Tate without his facial hair? And it's and it, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it, but it's like this, how who decided this man 
is the like peak alpha male because he's got like no chin. He looks like he literally looks like a cartoon drawing of like a um of a Koopa Troopa or something. Uh, I'm looking it up right now because it was Andrew Tate. Um, alpha male. I don't really want this in my. I don't. Oh, alpha Tate. Okay, I'm. Uh, I. I will send you the meme, but he's got that like look to him, and it says, "I don't know how dudes can sit there and call themselves the alpha male when he literally, when he's literally the anchovy blueprint." And it's from SpongeBob. <laughs> okay, it's it's a little second. blurry. Get your focus on. Yeah, I will share it in the notes. I want to see if I can share it to you, to you guys real quick. Um, but yeah, it's such a ridiculous thing. Um, anyway, so you, no fetishes, no fetishization. I'm glad, I, I, you know, I'm glad that we, that I'm glad that my, what I was just starting to describe as fetishization sounded so bizarre uh because that means that i'm off the mark and so and that's probably a good thing because i not that i had that but i thought that that's what other people felt like i felt felt like there was this weird and and i think that you're probably right when you say that it's about them looking young i think there's also and that's that's the only reason i just feel like that's one of the reasons i also wonder if there is and, and and this probably would be like if we looked deep into it it'd probably be like oh yeah that's also young but like if it's about a guy wanting to feel bigger, like not just not penis size, but like like I am Liking bigger than a lot, so bigger than most women. So, but I but if but like next to like a a shorter thin woman, I'm probably like a giant. You know what I mean? Like so that we're revealing a lot of weird shit. I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't considered height as a. <laughs> Except for this one time when I was doing a comedy show and I asked for a volunteer from the audience and this young lady came up out of the audience and she went around the side of the stage to come up on stage and I was explaining to the audience what was going to happen next and then I turned to her and this was in, U- in Chapel Hill. She was on the UNC women's basketball team and she was over six feet tall and when I turned we were eye to eye and I have never been standing up and been eye to eye with a woman since like seventh grade and i i literally stopped talking and i had to physically turn my face to face the audience again so i could talk i was totally uh speechless i so i worked with this guy and i'm gonna do a voice that is very accurate um sarah can attest to it later um i'm gonna do his impression of him but he i worked with this guy great uh really good guy who was i would say between your and my height, so at least six feet, probably six foot one or two, um, you know, and he was a couple years older than me. We were working one day, and this really tall but very attractive woman came in, and he gives me like a swat on the shoulder, and I and he goes, Mike, I would go up on her, and I was like, I Sarah and I to the and I was already dating Sarah when this when this happened, and I went home and told her that day. Sarah and I say it every once in a while to each other. I would go up on her. <laughs> You're both welcome to use that, but you have to use the voice. 
I'm six four. It would be find a, hard to find a woman who is appropriate to say with giraffe. Oh man! <laughs> Look at the giraffe. tongue. On. <laughs> <laughs> Look how blue that tongue is. <laughs> Gross. I'm gonna make that giraffe make no noise. Do they not make noise like during sex? Uh, I don't think they make noise at any time. I mean, I haven't checked. I haven't checked sex specifically. I well, just don't believe they're a noise-making thing. They don't have to have really, really long vocal cords. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you, did you watch? Um, <laughs> I'm worried South about what Park, the next thing is. <laughs> South Park: Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Uh, Thirty years ago, I don't remember the details anymore. There's one part where the French Canadian resistance guy. He he's like asking for a bunch of stuff, and he goes, "When if if you hear me make the sound of a dying giraffe, you I will need your help." And they were like, "What's a dying giraffe sound like?" And he goes, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> and and then he goes, uh, "You know, it's just like just an absolute silly character." And he's like, "I need two sticks of dynamite, a two by four, or uh, two sticks of dynamite, a plastic cartridge, and a butt four. And then someone goes, what's a butt for? For pooping, silly. <laughs> I say, giraffes, like, they snort, and I think they hum, but they don't make, they don't do vocalizations the same way that most other animals do. Like, there's no, like, moo or meow or bark. Like, they don't have common vocalizations. Don't. Okay, send me letters. Go ahead, put comments. Put as many comments in the chat as you want that I was wrong about giraffes not making sound during sex. They like to go. <laughs> Just go ahead, say it. You guys are experts. I know you all know what you're talking about. Our zoology uh, fandom is going to be huge, and they're going to be like, this guy is a dickhead. Yeah, I'm not suggesting about... that giraffes do not it's make not noise. It's the zoologist. It's the zoophiles I'm looking to offend there. You want to hear my theory about giraffes? Sure. They're, di they're dragons. Yeah, you've told me that. Okay, everybody, I don't really mean they're dragons. I mean, like, that I think, like, medieval descriptions of dragons could have been people who journeyed to Africa, saw giraffes from a distance, and thought the spots were scales and the long snake-like neck. And maybe they were running in a cloud of dust and they couldn't see their feet from where they were, so it looked like they were flying. I could see, and, and if you've ever been up close to a giraffe, their necks are very serpentine. They're not, like, the, you know, we draw it as a kid and we draw them hard and straight, um, but... Um, they're only hard and straight when they're very excited. They, otherwise, they're, they're more flaccid. So uh, I could see where people could have mistakenly created dragon myths from having seen giraffes. That's been my theory for a long time. Ever since the first time I was at a like petting zoo that had a baby giraffe and it like snaked its neck over and and their head is kind of dragon shaped, you know. Same. I'm actually the cousin of Godzilla because I spit fire and my dick is dragon. Well, that's all we have time for this week, everyone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, let me just double check. Let me let me go to the to the to the notes. Um, Jesus, Trello just keeps like fucking getting buried. Oh yeah, no, I didn't have any other bullets. So at thirty, I know that we've been recording for forty-eight, but we did nothing for the first five. Um, so we need we need to do at least fifteen more minutes, twenty more minutes. Oh, you sure there's nothing left on your list? Yeah, I think so. What? I just want to make sure you're not missing something. Make sure you got your whole thing done. <laughs> uh, we share a Trello board on for this, uh, and Matthew put on Dick Dragon joke. 
Oh, we can, we can check that off. You got that one done. Yeah. Oh, you, you and, did check uh, it. Good. You, you like uh, dragon? I'm going to be dragging these nuts across your face. Oh, there was a video of uh, a Norman Osborn um, action figure to one of the Peter Parkers, and it was, Peter, help me, I have the Mind Goblin. What's the Mind Goblin, Mr. Osborn? Mind Goblin, these nuts. <laughs> and I showed, it to Lo- I showed it to Logan, and he was, and we were laughing so hard. <laughs> Um, actually, I do want to talk. So that's now something... that you're talking about parenting and what kind of taboos are you raising your son with to give him a hang up that he could talk to his therapist about? Well, that, actually, I did want to talk about uh, that is a good transition, not specifically what you said, but um, I I think that one of the things that out of we... all the things I could have said, you're worried about that. All the things I could have said. Come on. No, I, I, I think. So did did you read or see uh, where the crawdads live? Or uh, no, but my my wife is a big fan. Okay, great so book. The, so I know the title. <laughs> I know the title because my wife references it. It's a great book. It's a mediocre movie. It couldn't have been a good movie just because. Of, but like a huge part of that book is she is she becomes uh, an expert in animals the animals of the marsh in north carolina and it's about her understanding animal nature while growing up and so we see you know her following a you know she's not raised within religion she's not raised really within society um and she sees animal nature and so we see her sexuality in the book developing in a more natural way without the like out some of it there's some you know of societal push because obviously she has you know it's sexuality so she's having she's having relationships with guys that are from society but she's not really so it doesn't have the same hang-ups and situations and i and i and i thought that it was interesting because there is there is a sense of there's a natural sexuality i think that happens that we suppress beyond just the religious things but because i think we have this fear of 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 and i don't want to say like we have a fear of, of childhood sexuality but like it's, yeah i mean a, a kid starts rubbing their elbow you don't care they rub their head you don't care they put their hair in the pants and you're like oh no you don't do that right right and you get like it's not like most I, I talking to i don't know what the net the average age for for uh puberty or masturbation is but like well, masturbation, you know, infancy, puberty is a little later. No, but like, because uh, the reason I don't know the average is because when I would talk to friends, I would get wild numbers. Uh, I would get some of them talking about like. Well, that's how averages you know, work. You see, they all have different numbers, and you add them yes, and yes, divide yes. by the amount. Well, I, when I say wild numbers, I'm like I don't know that I believe all their numbers. Um, like. But I but the point say it's between very... twelve between ten and thirteen, depending on if you're talking boys and girls and what okay. level of puberty you're talking about. Let's say that and area. I, Double I digits. fall in I fall on the average, but I I you know, talk I've talked to many people who were like talking about being sexually active at like very, very single digit well not very young single digits, but single digits. I had crushes when I was single. Like I would get in yeah. trouble for chasing girls around the 
playground in in first and second grade. Not that I knew what I was going to do if I could catch them, but I was yeah. like, while other guys were like, ew, cooties, we want to go play ball. I was like, no, I want to chase her. I want to be with her. Just yeah, didn't know I what did. that was. I had the same. It was a, a, a much more... No, it was I, as far as I'm concerned, it was non-sexual in a up until. <laughs> but like, but then you get to the point where you're twelve, thirteen. You know, by twelve, definitely by twelve. Um, you know, I was getting, you know, I I was in full blown uh puberty. Like I had facial hair, and I was getting erections, and and so you have the you know, and eventually nature finds a way you figure out how to do it without instruction or, or anything else. I figured out how to, with a dinosaur, <laughs> how to take care of it. And, uh, and, and I think that we have, you know, as a society, we, we really are uncomfortable with that. And so you, that's why we, you know, beyond just the religious side of things, a lot of people, you know, even if it is semi-religiously founded, they're not clear. There's no clear, it's an indirect well, like, like parents who don't give their kids privacy like they, they, they intentionally say don't close your door or they won't knock on doors because they want to their kids to oh, not yeah. be sexual because they want to be able to you, you might be caught in the act as opposed to give them their privacy so that that they're allowed to do what they need to do to explore themselves yeah yeah and, and yeah absolutely give your kid a flashlight you know come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> flashlight no, I, I think that there is a. Sorry, should I not use a trademark term? This episode, this episode of talking about the big stuff is brought to you by Adam and Eve. <laughs> big um, stuff at checkout. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that there is. Like, <laughs> we need to get them as a sponsor, so that could be our coupon code. <laughs> big stuff at checkout. Yeah. Well. Keep on, big stuff keep at on pushing, pushing the podcast to your friends and family. Um, keep on pushing will be the catchphrase we use for Adam <laughs> with your friends and family. <laughs> uh, this would have been the perfect episode for them to be a sponsor. Um, I, I, what were we talking about? Children. You were talking about children oh. and Adam and Eve with the products. I don't know why. <laughs> no. Uh, but I, I, I think that we, you know, we, beyond just the, the obvious religious push to not have sex education, there is, it's probably indirect, but it's still a push to not have sex education for children. There's every, you know, and we're at an age where everything is sexualizing the kids. And it's like, I, you know, like they talk about drag queen story. I talk about, you know, a bunch of other things. Well, yeah. Yeah. But they're only concerned with the sexualizing them in a direction they don't want them to be sexualized in. The fact that they're exposed to, you know, sex in the media everywhere, like that's fine. Yeah, you know, Paris Hilton is selling Hardee's cheeseburgers by you know having oral sex with the cheeseburger. Like that's fine, but if it was a drag person in drag, then it would be bad. Right, but again, and that, and obviously that falls into and this is I guess semi about sexuality and semi not about sexuality, but like that falls into the concept of the forget the term that I saw for it, but it's basically the, the standard where, you know, if you read a book and you're the, the, unless it spoke, unless said otherwise, you were to assume that the character is white. Like, and that's like a common thing like that people have kind of assumed. And I guess um, I'm forgetting her name, 
uh, but she, I bought the book when I found out that this was the case. Uh, there's an author who wrote a book where the only time she specifies is if it's not like, oh, this person is white and then everybody else is black. But we have like a, what we as a culture have determined as like, if you don't say it, it's the default. That's, we have a default. And I think when you talk about sexuality in that way, there is a stand, a set of default where like, oh, I didn't even think that bringing my kid to Hooters was sexualizing, you know, them. And, so, and I didn't... so I brought my kids to Hooters when they were young and uh, Jacob liked hot wings. So we went to Hooters for hot wings and he was like 13 years old, 12 or 13. Yep. And it was so funny because you know, like on the TV screens is like extreme sports. So there's like BMX dirt bikes on the TV and watching Jacob crane his neck to look around the waitress to see the TV because she was in his way was the funniest. And Joseph, who you was get younger, those giant tits out of my face. I want to <laughs> see the TV. <laughs> exactly what it was. And Joseph, who was younger, was much more aware of the girls. So he was embarrassed and looking away from them the whole time. But, you know, and but J Jacob was like actively trying to get her like you're in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and like I don't I don't mean that to to say like you can't do that. I'm just saying like there's that people don't necessarily even think about when they when it's what they consider the default. And for, you know, for uh, some of us that's white hetero and uh but and typically we've we've just yeah, assumed It's like when people get upset when someone of color or different ethnicity or or a specific ethnicity, whatever, is cast in a movie and people get upset saying, "Yeah, that's not who I pictured." Well, did it did it say otherwise? Like because they went by the default in my head, it was a it was a white person because that's what I pictured, even yep. if it didn't say. And even in the case of Hunger Games, where Rue, people were upset that a black girl played the character Rue, but in the book the description was she had light brown skin. You know, or they said so much, you know, being like a light skin or something like that, but it was clearly a saying ashen or yeah. But it was clearly that she they were saying that she was a person of color but light skinned. It was clearly the description, but it was in one place, so people didn't notice it. They just went right past it yeah. because they had already pictured in her head what she looked like. It was like when she was hurt. She goes, you know, her pale, you know, her her her, you know, light brown skin, blah 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 blah. And it was like they already pictured her, so they ignored that those words. But they were right. mad at who was cast when the casting fit the description. Yeah, I had a conversation today at work on well on lunch, um, but we were talking about um, uh, it was the it was a a TikToker who is non-binary who was asking her follower or their followers, sorry, their followers, um, about whether or not what they thought about the fact that not, they're, they're not non-binary and they may switch between male and female pronouns throughout the year and, and, or day to day and see how, and, and, you know, how do you think that will be for the kids? And, and so the person at work was asking me because she's not a parent and she's like, what do you think? And I said, and I said, honestly, I think switching back and forth day to day or switching around day to day may be complicated. Now, if you said I'm non-binary, you may refer to me as Mr. or Mrs. or him or her. Like if there was that, I would have no problem. But the switching, the preference, but so frequently that I, I think that a, a kindergartner, I think that's what she was talking about, uh, the coworker, not the, the, the non-binary person. 
I think that they were teaching kindergarten, and so it was not. I just think it's too young to understand jumping back and forth on the, the terminology. But I said, but I have no problem. I have no problem with a non-binary I mean, I person you're... or trans person teaching my kid. Or and then we ta- started talking about the idea of like, well, you know, she, I forget how it came up, and I said, well, to me, you just hold the same standard. I will talk to Logan about gender or sexuality the same across the board at this point in his life we don't get into details i don't be like oh you're sticking penis in the vagina or whatever what you ju- like like what when we're talking fetish about is that yeah i know it's gross gross hetero shit um but when we were you know we just when we talk about kind of more romantic love with logan when we're talking to him because he's at an age where we're not giving him a lot i mean he knows that sex is a thing but he doesn't know what the details are he, he thinks it's related to kissing and cousins kissing cousins and, and um and i said and so i think that if you hold that same standard across the board and then you know next year he might be a little further in and we might talk a little more about you know a little more detail about heterosexual relationships and and so if it came up i wouldn't have this any problem doing the same thing with homosexual relationships or if we're talking about gender you know like ultimately there's certain things with gender that we're not going to talk to him about, whether it's a cis uh, person or a, a trans person or a non-binary person. And we were talking about how that's how you have to, like, I think that's the right way to do it is to say, yeah, like, you know, and the, the example she gave, and I kind of doubled down on this was it, you shouldn't, you know, they, they say that you shouldn't be talking too much about your personal life or your, or your, your sex life with children when you're a teacher. But Ultimately, if if I tell if I'm teaching, I'm a teacher right now, and I go say to my students like, "Oh, my wife and I went to the movies this weekend," versus if a gay gay person is a teacher and they say, "Oh, me and my husband went to the movies this weekend," it's the same information. And neither can, of those is about sex, unless you're going to different movies than I went to. Yeah, but like, but the, yes, but the point being, like, you're you're yeah. Well, it's the thing, like, when they, they don't say gay bills in Florida, they, say they can't do anything that talks about relate, you know, gender or. or orientation like well then you can't say husband or wife in anything because that implies a gender or you know and yeah if you say husband and wife that's an orient that's an orientation like you can't like they're going by the default like no no you can say the default one you just can't say the other ones is what you know but they didn't write it that way so really it became nobody can say anything like i think that you know even changing pronouns is probably easier for a kid than for an adult because like the hardest thing about things like that is I'm used to things not changing. I'm used to someone having yeah. one set of pronouns not changing where, you know, if kids can handle good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It changes throughout the day. They could handle changing pronouns if they were raised with it. Now, if they get it sure. early enough, it wouldn't be out of the normal for them to understand it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yep. I, mean, I think our problem is we were raised too, too much with a system which made it hard to change the system. And the more progressive you are and the more you make the effort, the more you learn that, oh, now it's not a problem for me to say they because I got used to saying it because I just made sure I did it all the time with my friend who wants me to do that way. But if it's, I have one coworker who sometimes they like to use feminine pronouns and sometimes they like to use the, they and them and she, and she, they is like, gotta kind of ask me, it's different in different days. And, and people are like, well, that's not fair to us. I'm like, 
not about you, first of all, but also, yeah. really, how often do you use someone's pronouns to their face? Like, really, sure. it's, you're talking about the person. They're not there, generally. So, I mean, use the yeah. one, try to use the one that people want to be used and be the most respectful as you can be. But, like, yeah. even changing ones don't, like, what do you prefer more often? That's what I'll use more often, generically, because I'm not going to call you on the phone and say, yeah, I'm about to reference you in a conversation with somebody else. Uh, what should I say as I reference you? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, this is not, this is just kind of going off based on what you were just talking about and not, and we're getting further and further away from sex, but I'm okay with that for the moment. Um, this was something I thought of the other day and I was like, and you just kind of hit it and I wanted to ask. Um, hey, hitting it is, is there a sex. Is there a gender neutral version or equivalent to sir or ma'am? Because I think we need one. Like, that is where we should absolutely have, like, uh, pronouns. I'm not saying no on pronouns. I'm sorry, I try really yeah. hard to respect those pronouns. There's not, a, there's not a formal word. Like, when I do, right. when I do uh, speeches at work, I tend to say uh, ladies, gentlemen, co-workers, and friends. Right. You know, because it covers everything. Co-workers and friends covers everyone. But there's yeah. no ladies and gentlemen level, you know. Um, you, well, you know people say friends, but that's very informal. Like, there's, yeah. there's no formal word that, that that is in common usage. There probably is, but it's yeah. probably in very limited usage of people who... I think we should make it common usage because yeah. I think it, it it's the one that is needed. We I, 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 I forget where I was, but I ran into somebody who I was not sure of their gender recently. And it was like a... Ser it was in a service situation uh, where they they were helping me I think it was the grocery store. I can't remember where it was. And I was like, this would be, I need like a gender neutral sir so, or, or ma'am. So I can say that instead of saying sir and find out that it's a, she's a woman or ma'am and finding out he's a guy. And I was like, this is, this would be a really helpful spot to have a gender neutral term, but. Especially like formal, because like, like I say, I, I use term, you know, when I'm making announcements at work, team members or friends included like with, but it's uh, and informal. It works with plural. It definitely works with plural. Yeah, yeah. But, but, it, but it's not, but it's also, you know, I had to go to a less formal, like ladies and gentlemen is formal mm -hmm. and team members and friends is less formal. You had to get to a less formal word. And, and that's Ladies a and sperms. Yeah, I know a lot of like podcast listeners just say friends. They refer to friends, but like that's not formal. Like that's a nice informal thing, and that's lovely, but it yeah. doesn't take the place of is there a formal way to do it? And and I'm sure there are words that have been proposed, but nothing that has you know taken a, a mainstream position. We need to make something stick, and we can just start using it. It is sticky sometimes. We need to make a term. We need to make it stick, and we need to. And maybe the way to make it stick is start using it with cis people and you know i'll just call you uh i mean you can say gentle person say, gentle you know, i was gonna say say i'm sir sir man mixed together but that's just my sister uh <laughs> i mean you could say um gentle people gentle person i kind of hate that <laughs> <laughs> gentle man gentle woman <laughs> i don't want to call anybody a gentleman or a gentle woman either all right i call a lot of people gentile man and gentile woman that's a term i use a lot Nice. So, do you have any last thoughts on sex? Uh, um, my 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 last thoughts, like after we do the call to action, last thoughts. 
just a general last thought. Oh my god. So yep, it's nice when when the things you do fast are recognized as a benefit instead of a deficit. Yeah, especially right after sex. Um. Anyway. So I think we've got we've got enough for for a podcast now. Uh, all right. Do you have any anything before we start doing the? Uh, no, let's wrap the... this shit up. Okay. If you're watching us live right now, are we still live on Facebook and YouTube? Did we have any issues, Alex? Um, I can see him coming on. Perfect. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, right please now, like like us on that. Yeah, uh, you know, give us a share, a like, whatever that you know. Comment, comment. The um, algorithm just, loves you know. the comments. Tell us your fetish. Tell the world your fetish. Yeah, um, or your kink, because they are different. Um, but if you are listening to this not live, uh, please hit you know go into your podcast app of choice and give us a thumbs up or a or a like or whatever you feel like doing um oh the camera's oh i think my camera's about to shut off <laughs> so sorry so if you're watching this on youtube as you said follow our youtube channel like this video turn on the bell so you can know when new video when new videos are released make comments on all our videos go back and do all the old ones it helps the algorithm if you're yep. one of those mainstream iphone users and you're using um your iPhone to listen to the audio of this podcast uh, through iTunes. That's great. That's wonderful. Do that. Subscribe to it there. Hey, when I say subscribe, they actually, besides us following it, they have a subscribe feature that for a mere dollar, you can get the podcast four days early, Monday instead of Friday. So you can do that right there um, on the apples there. If you use some other system where you just don't like iTunes and you're using some other podcatcher, that's great. If there's a way to like us or rate us or comment us on it there, go ahead and do it. If there's not, you know what you can do. You can go to patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff, and you can pay that same dollar that you would on um, Apple to get the episode four days early. Or because Patreon's a little fancier, you could pay $3, go up to the next level, and you get a less edited version than the, we're going to release on the uh, $1 and the Friday feed. We leave a little more of the dirty stuff in. And if you really like the dirty stuff, if you want to hear all the stuff that I say that makes Mike say, oh, no, I need to edit that out. Someone I met once might listen to this. Then <laughs> you want to go to the $10 tier. And you get the $10 tier, you're going to be talking about us to your therapist. It's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, and if we get enough ten dollar tiers, uh, we're gonna. If we get enough patrons in general, we're gonna uh, have get a camera a, that doesn't turn itself off. Hey, it's been an hour. It's been on an hour. It's just it, it didn't. It's just like when he's having sex. So oh, it's been an hour. It's not my fault. I can't do it anymore. Sorry, it's starting to bleed. <laughs> it's chafing. Uh, hate the smell of burning rubber. Yeah. Anyway. I guess I guess since you did all that, I'll do the uh, the outro quote, and I just want to say thank you all for talking about our big stuff. I thought that was appropriate. That's, that's about where I was going to go with it. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright twenty twenty three. All rights reserved. <laughs>